Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So Bond leaves with the money to go to Hotel Tropicana, I've written here. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Not Club Tropicana, sadly. Oh, wow. No. wow. So in the Blackpool version, it's Club what, Tropicana. Would this, what would this be? Yeah. <laughs> it's Club Tropicana. <laughs> and we will be getting the rights. To uh, to the on the soundtrack, yeah, on the John. Yeah, we played over now. The yeah, John Kell yeah. soundtrack will do its own version of Club Tropicana. Yeah, oh. <laughs> massive George Michael the ground for uh, Weather Spoons as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just looking forward to hey. how we're going to try and blend the Pepsi Max big big one or whatever it's called nowadays into the plot of Diamonds yeah. are Forever somehow. Is that going to be the equivalent of the Moon Buggy Chase? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> set piece. A Bond fighting someone at the top of a roller coaster. There we are. Right oh, itself, that is actually, it? yeah. Superb. Yeah, get right, lads. Come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Blackpool is forever. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. <sighs> it is, but it doesn't really change. Bond in the bath now. Bond in the bath, another key scene. So I just completely forgot about this, but then I, I think it was when, when we started the podcast and... Obviously, certain images are used over and over again on Twitter. Yeah, just oh well, yeah, of course he was in the bath. He's so relaxed, isn't he, throughout the whole yeah. film? Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's just a gorgeous setup, isn't it? It's a lovely set again. He's luxuriating in the bath. He's on the phone. I suppose in those days, I mean, the phone wasn't. Yeah. Not everyone had a phone. Never mind one in the bath, which would have been yeah. some Vegas. 
you can picture, can't you? You know, like a bit like Dubai. Oh yeah, they've even got phones in the bath and all this, like a TV yeah. in the bath. <laughs> it's so aspirational. Even now, it is, yeah. I mean, that, you know, that he's got. A, I think it's a bottle of martini. And as a kid, I didn't yeah. notice all the booze brands and whatever. You'll probably be no, no. here. But watching, watching <laughs> it as an adult, as a something of a cocktail connoisseur, as you well know, uh, I, I do notice the drinks. They jump out at me. <laughs> but the other thing that I noticed on this rewatch, and I don't know why I've never noticed it before, is how hairy are Sean Connery's shoulders in that scene? <laughs> yeah. He's a, da- he's a dad bod now, isn't he? Hey, I'm not... I'm- I don't know. No, I don't know. I d- I, uh, Shall I look I like that now? Yeah, this oh, no, no. I, for him. He, for him I don't know whether he's it is a, because of absurd beauty man. standards or whatever, but I, I find Sean Connery probably most attractive in this film, maybe in, no, a, no. in some kind of way. I, I, it's very, very... I, I never actually... <laughs> John's looking... To be- I know. I never actually fancy Bond, to be perfectly honest. As shocking as what? that may seem, considering we've talked about objectifying him and whatever, there are certain, you know, there's, George Lazenby is probably the most attractive, objectively speaking. But I think it's because, yeah, I, I've never found Bond are very too attractive. Ingratiated with the character, though, maybe. Yeah, I think so, and I think that's it, really. So, regardless of who's playing, even when Daniel Craig steps out of the ocean, you know, it's fun to holler at. I went to the uh, secret cinema screening of Casino Royale and. Everyone in the audience, not just the straight women, <laughs> yeah, of course. was going, woo! When Daniel Craig would ever go his top off, it was that kind of audience. It was uh, it was kind of fun. I usually hate that sort of kind of audience <laughs> participation. Would they do it in Diamonds Are Forever? Halle Berry in Diamonds of the Day was the first homage. Yeah. If, I'm sorry, if people whoop in the audience generally, I'm I'm like going to get them thrown out. But there are, there are, there are yeah, certain... Yeah. Ex- the commode ex- rules of uh, cinema. Oh god! Oh my god! I am like Mark Commode plus ten. I've yeah. had so many people thrown out of cinemas over the years. Uh, but the uh, but like my mum. Certain circumstances, it can be kind of fun. But um, yeah, I'm not sure that people would be going woo with Sean in this film. But I think he's still a very attractive man. And oh. whenever anyone, I always get the urge to defend him whenever someone says, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he's kind of gone to seed a bit in this film. It's because of the way he looked when he was young. And then, and again, as I mentioned, Jennifer, she will back me up massively. As an older man, I mean, he's, he's mm. a better-looking older man than Sean Connery. Mm. It's that sort of interim interim area, isn't it? That you don't... And I suppose it was partly his career wasn't quite as prevalent, was it? And he was doing a bit more obscure films. By the time we'd come back to... Goodness me, Henry Jones Senior. That's Tom's man crush. Put that one on. Put that that one on the list. I'm sure <laughs> oh, we already yeah, had three. Yeah. He looks good in Entrapment. Entrapment, yeah, boy, he does. Yeah, yeah. Zardos. David's been very impartial on this. I quite like this. Zardos, yeah, Zardos, yeah. <laughs> not much left of him. I have never seen. I've I've seen the shots of him in a red leather thing, and yeah. that that's kind of enough for me. I think. I don't. I've never. Actually, I've never. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's I'm a getting, very Chris film. I, I'm That's getting a... out while we're ahead here. I, I I haven't watched that one. I think you should go for it. We call ourselves. I think you should definitely go. For it. Okay, I'll I, think, I think maybe having a drink will help you understand the plot. Oh God. <laughs> oh, so good. You'll be doing an article on it. I can see it already, David. I, uh, that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm afraid of. The rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, again. yeah. That's another 5,000 words I've got to write. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Sean Connery's in the bath. He says says at the end, probably taking a show or something. He says, he, you see, he's got that programme, hasn't he? What's on? What's on in Vegas? But What's that's on just to, to sort of get him to... Shady tree, isn't it? Yeah. I do think yeah, the course, editing yeah, yeah. in this film is so ruddy good. 
Yes. The, the way each each scene, you know, if you if you talk about, you know, the, not to get too kind of film kind of studies ish about it, but you know, we take it for granted that kind of Western cinema is cause and effect. One thing leads to the other, mm-hmm. and in fact, there's lots of cinemas around the world where that's not the case, you know, and that's probably why you know sometimes we kind of have to be patient with. Um, kind of films from other cultures and that sort of stuff but this is Bond is like a master class this film particularly is like master class in cause and effect it moves so quickly you don't notice the plot holes you know the first time you watch it because every scene just links so seamlessly to the next one it's like a frictionless experience the whole time yeah, totally agree, David. It's very much uh, similar similar vein to Man with the Golden Gun, actually, in, at the start of that, in terms of Bond doesn't actually know what he's doing or where he's going. He's just following lead by lead and taking it where he goes to, like, like a spy would. And mm. this film does that very, very well, actually. I do think, I don't think, I don't even think it drops off when it gets to the oil rig. I think he's still just trying to take where the leads go. I might not like where it ends up, but I think at least it's consistent throughout in doing that. I think it was one of the regular editors for Guy Hamilton, wasn't it? It wasn't yet John Glenn who'd taken over from yeah. Peter Hunt, who so was in this interim stage, I think. But yeah, editing's always been pretty, pretty top notch. Peter Bond, Bond films, yeah. I think you'd have to give it that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And pioneering, of course, at yeah. Pete Hunt especially. Yeah. I always find it funny that the, the picture of Shady Tree is cross-eyed in it. <laughs> you probably can't say cross-eyed, can you? I, well, as someone who... <laughs> you, you can say it around me, because I am cross-eyed. I actually have a... Uh, although you don't really boss-eyed. know... Boss-eyed. Yeah, <laughs> boss-eyed. Yeah, it is un-PC, but I have... I presume Shady has an astigmatism, yeah. a more extreme version of what I have. So, yeah, I I had that, and um, things kind well, of tightened up during puberty. Let's not go there. But um, think, things sort of... Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad now. I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I always noticed it as a kid. I always notice his eyes, because if, I've, oh, no. if I get tired or I've had too much to drink... You, you start noticing it, and I can actually force my eye to move. I'm not going to, it's gross. After a few hours reviewing this, you'll be both yeah, tired. Yeah, exactly. And By the time we finish this podcast, my eye, that eye will just be over there. So, uh, yeah, but it's interesting you say that because I've never noticed anyone else ever point that out, but I noticed it when I was a little kid because I could we kind go of there. go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Filming t- in Vegas mostly took place in hotels owned by Howard Hughes, who, of course, is the mm-hmm. probably what? The link with all this was when they were thinking about it. That's probably why Cubby was having that dream and all that. And he was friendly, apparently, Howard Hughes, with, with Cubby. Yeah, the cinematographers said filming in Vegas at night, because they obviously had to film at night there, had an advantage because the illumination that you'd normally require for outdoor scenes was just there, wasn't it? Because of the neon lights. So it lent itself to that. Mm. Sean Connery said, and also, of course... The other problem with that, I think when they were filming the car scenes outside, was that normally if you film something at night, there's no crowds, but at Vegas, everybody's still there, aren't they, just watching? And there are a few little cutaways, aren't they? You can just see everyone yeah, stood yeah. really still yeah. just watching on the side. <laughs> so Sean Connery, yeah, he absolutely loved it and uh, made the most of his time and location. He said, I didn't get any sleep at all. We shot every night. I caught all the shows and played golf all day. Oh. And on the weekend, I collapsed. Boy, did I collapse like a skull with legs. <laughs> he also played on the slot machines. A scene was once delayed because he was collecting his winnings. Oh. Interesting. Good fact, that. I mean, no wonder he's enjoying himself throughout this yeah. film. It just sounds like yeah. it's one big party, doesn't it? Fair play. We now go to the White House. 
classic Barry. And it was the, the Las Vegas Hilton which doubled for the White House. I presume that's the exterior. I don't know how much of it is a set inside. Some of it can't be maybe, could it? But it looks quite quite offensive. Has anyone have you been to a Marriott hotel? Yeah. Marriott. Do you not think oh, the picture of Willie White is almost identical to the ones you see in the lobbies of the the Marriott brothers? Um, I'm gonna, right on Twitter, I'll, I'll put them. I'll put them neck neck and neck. Okay. Right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. Anyway. That that one's gonna go viral, Tom. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Niche. That is in the lobby of all their. All right. But the, okay, I know it's not painted. But still. Those appreciating this. Um, for those appreciating this audio, audio medium. Uh, of podcasts, um, you may. What do they Google, Tom, if they want to play along at home? JW Marriott's. J. Portrait <laughs> painting? I don't know. It's not even a painting. <laughs> Photo. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> don't know. My cheeks hurt and we're barely. It's a painting of Willard White, though, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> Tom, I'm I tell sure you what, next, ne- next time I stay in a Marriott, I will report back, which which may be sometime in Yeah, please do. Every time you're please in a take Marriott, a photo, yeah. Get your photo next yeah. to the... Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's going to yeah. be a thing. <laughs> and you'll have in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone listening? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Anyone listening, yeah. goes to a, <laughs> anyone listening goes to a JW Marriott, please tag a really 007 pod and TJ Pickup yes. every time. Yeah. <laughs> Willard White lives. Yeah. Oh dear. You'll agree with me when you see it, I'll tell you. So yeah, okay. we get Bond in a famous white tux. Which uh, I don't know whether it happened since Goldfinger. I don't recall it in any of the intervening ones. No, I've got to say a white tux is definitely the way to go, especially if you're a ginger like me. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't. A black tux just washes you out, darlings. So uh, yeah, definitely go for a white one. Yeah, there you go. Know. That, that's that's, licen- it, that's license to queer's we'll fashion um, <laughs> angle. <laughs> there won't yeah, be, that's the limit. Of there, there won't be another one <laughs> because I have no yeah. idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shady Tree, of course. He's, we see him doing these sort of sleazy jokes. Oh, Very typical Blackpool peer. Vegas, whatever. Well, he of course was Le- Leonard Barr. He was a he was a stand-up comedian, wasn't he? So this was, was him playing himself. He yeah, plays yeah. the exact same role in one of my favourite films of all time, The Stink. Yes, mm. yes, John. I've made a note of that. Yeah, very start. And obviously, when we do Blackpool is Forever, we just replace him with Roy Chubby Brown. It's nice and easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> It works. Even more offensive, epic. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's what they have at Blackpool. They do, yeah. yeah. That's what the people want. Yeah, Leonard Barr, this guy, the guy who plays him, he was nephew of Dean Martin. So wow. another great Vegas link. You know, he has his acorns, doesn't he? The ladies who are on stage yeah. with him. One of them is played by Valerie Perrin, who I don't know if you remember her name. She played Miss Tessmacher. In the first two Supermans, the Richard Donner ones, mm-hmm. who I think is brilliant. Well, do, we, do we like the jokes? Can we? Do we get them? Um, I can't really remember. No. I joke about Monopoly. Yeah, he's upstairs yeah. playing Monopoly, but with real buildings. I think that's that's a good. That's a good. Joke. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> there. It's not Roy Chubby Brown level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, um, the role. That's <laughs> a good joke. And the thing is, I want to get stand-ups in films and. 
they're often never funny. At least you know you, you just it's, yeah. it's a it's a yeah. quite decent joke. And the joke about Rock Hudson's body again, it's a good joke. It's not. It's not it's, aged terribly well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. To be honest, <laughs> he's getting a lot of press tonight. You've been a lousy audience. I love that. The more I think about it, the more I think Roy Chubby Brown is spot on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The deers would love that. They really would. <laughs> We've got Saxby watching on. Bird Saxby. Bird Saxby. <laughs> yes, we do. Bird Saxby. <laughs> uh, again, I'm sorry to have to tell you, he, he died the year after this was released. Oh, oh, so. did, didn't they keep him on the film yeah. for longer, almost like a favour? So Cubby just wanted to pay him more, basically. Because he, he was a bit of a legend as far as uh, classic Hollywood yeah, he goes. Was, yeah. He appears so many times in westerns of the 40s and 50s. I was going to say, you're with John Wayne particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's, he's fa- most famous role, though, was Jack Driscoll in the original King Kong. So Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, wow. Bruce Cabot is his name. Classic American look as well. He's not, I mean, he's not in it terribly, isn't he? He's, like you say, he's there as a presence and remembered for a, his death, really, more than anything. Tell <laughs> him he's fired. Yeah. <laughs> the most John line ever in this film, perhaps. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Just, yeah. he, I, no, I'll leave it. it I'll leave it to laughter. Go on. Go leave on. it. Yeah, I'll leave it. Save it. Save it. Yeah. There's so many potential lines for the buzzer, though, weren't there in the quiz? I mean, that's that's one of them. Isn't it? Well, you know what I was potentially thinking of doing to actually let you choose your own line as a buzzer because there were so many, and maybe I'll have to do that on, <laughs> yeah. on a later one. They were all going off at the same time, all these different lines. Yeah. <laughs> Mankey's like, my work here is done. Yes. Winter Kid return. And they visit Shady, Shady Tree, we just adored your head. Oh. In, the, in the dressing room. Quite patronising. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and he is distracted at seeing them by these sort of topless performers on his way down to the change rooms. So thankfully he's he didn't see them then. Yeah, again, quite racy for a PG. So Saxby then is telling Winter Kid not to kill him, basically, mm. as the diamonds are fake. But it's too late, isn't it? That's most annoying. Have you watched the deleted scene? Oh, God, it's so horrible. I mean, thank God they cut it out, really, because it was, you know, that would have definitely kind of troubled the censors, but they do the whole fake gun thing, <laughs> like oh, the Joker sure. in Batman, it comes out as a bang, and then they fire again, and it just shoots him straight in the back of the head, and they don't bother cutting away or anything. It's like, okay. Wow. Yeah. The guy in Oxford is shot right through the head, which, yeah, yeah. we keep that, yeah. Yeah. Quite like that we don't see the death. Because yeah, me too. It's good that. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it leaves the It was the right there. call. Yeah. 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 Dear me. So it was almost like a, you're a comedian, we'll do a sort of joke on you. Yeah. You assume he's, I don't know, been strangled or something like that because he's just, he's just there on the floor, isn't he? Yeah. But boring death, boring cinematic death, famously, so didn't need to stop. <laughs> this is math speaking. This is not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pod Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> we then go into the casino with plenty. The cameo from Sammy Davis Jr. was cut, apparently, at the roulette table. I mean, he's just like a sort of average guy, isn't he? He's like the ultimate average guy yeah. who's asking plenty back to his. 
he's, he's a typical trying it on someone out of his league. She politely declines. No, I, I just I, I think it's I think it's funny the way she 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 treats him that she's all like you're such a nice person, and, <laughs> you know, and the whole like why don't you go take a nap? <laughs> like as if like say she's his mother, you know. Like, but he was like, "What did he say? Something like I shot the whole ward, and uh, obviously is that now out of um, all our cash?" And she's like, "Come back to my place." I just think it's she's funny, and I love I love the way she's she's quite. I suppose usually it'd be she'd just like tell him to do one, but I like the way she's quite kind of caring and says, "You're a nice guy," you know, and then she just moves on to the next bloke rather than going, "All right," you know, kind of yeah, get yeah. lost. I think I think it's I think she's she's a great character. Yeah, I do as well. I I think we have to have a degree of sympathy for her because when she's found dead later on, it's genuinely shocking. At least it's another one of those moments which traumatised me as a child. It's probably the the the, 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 the cremation scene in this within about ten drowned women. Yeah, Yeah. I'm just finding her drowned later on is terrifying. She could have so easily been a one note character. What she must only have like six minutes of screen time, but she actually is quite memorable. And it's partly a name, obviously. Although, apart from the joke of obviously Peter O'Toole and the whole named after your father, perhaps, which is totally one of those that went over my head as a kid. Apart from her being plenty because of her <laughs> assets upstairs, what's the kind of what? What is the why is that supposed to be funny? You know, uh, what am I missing? Is, is I it, agree. I'm not sure I get it either. It is because he looks down, doesn't he? And looks back yeah. up. Named after your father, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's a lot. You get this in a lot of Bond it, films. Where it's more famous than it should where be. It's, it's there's a lot of signposting that this is a joke or a, or a, mm. or a kind of a quip. Yeah, but yeah. If it doesn't quite land, you still no. kind of go along with it anyway because you think, oh, that's yeah. this is its intention is this is a joke. So you kind of <laughs> kind of go, oh, okay. <laughs> but obviously, it's to do with yeah. her having big. Breasts and making a joke about <laughs> her dad probably having a big cock. You know? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that. yeah, that, yeah. Is that it? That's, I'm glad yeah. you said that, Chris, because I have never thought about Peter O'Toole ever before. <laughs> no, I. David's given us a very. I'm so David. Word. What a really far more eloquent. I've always yeah. thought it's just because he's got a big willy. Honestly, that's. The- <laughs> No, I I assumed that I've got because Lawrence of Arabia is one of my favourite films of all time. Oh yeah, so I love P- I love Pedro Tool from that, um, and obviously he you know had quite a reputation, which I I say obviously I didn't know this as obviously as a child, but you know he uh, he in um, he did. Uh, work his way through there's that phrase yeah. again quite <laughs> yeah. a few women uh, but he, he worked his way through even more uh, booze bottles and I'm assuming that's why the plenty because he drank a lot and I, that's what uh, I've right, always wow. taken the gag as yeah that's what I've always taken well I say always not as a little kid but as soon as I watched Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia when I was like 12 or 13 or something mm-hmm. like that and I knew who Peter O'Toole was and then I vaguely kind of found out a few years later that you know he was a bit of a hellraiser there's a really good book actually called by Robert Sellers who writes Bond books as well called Hellraisers and it's one of them is him along with Peter Sellers and that kind of thing and of course Peter O'Toole is in a James Bond film do you know which one it is? Is it your favourite? I presume it's Casino Royale it is Casino Royale <laughs> 1967 and it's a really it's a really weird joke 
that links back to a really awful film, actually, and I watched it just in the, for research when I was writing back to Rail. What's New Pussycat? Terrible, terrible film. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it's so... Sorry, yeah, the just... song is by far the best thing about it. The film is <laughs> awful. But that starred Pedro Tool, and then the same people then went on to make Casino Royale. Uh, and it makes Casino Royale look like an absolute masterpiece, that film. <laughs> but um, <laughs> honestly, it does. Seriously, you watch the two side by side, and all is forgiven with Casino Royale 1967. Pedro Tool appears in both, and the joke in Casino Royale is a link back to What's New Pussycat. So it's all very kind of mm. interrelated and whatever. But. I don't think that's the intention here necessarily, but Petro Tool is a sort of a Bond. I think he would have actually been a really good Bond villain at some point. Yeah, I think he does fit into that world quite well. So I'm amazed they never managed to actually get him. So I think that I, that's how I've always taken her name. I mean, obviously it's kind of a variation, a less funny variation, less clever variation on um, Pussy Galore, of course. Which yeah. makes complete sense, you know, and obviously spoofed in Austin Powers, one of the best jokes ever in any <laughs> film. And, and, and you know, it's you kiss your mother with that man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have, you have to say her like name it. very carefully, yeah. uh, M- Miss F- <laughs> Vagina. <laughs> yeah. So not in the novel then, then. We're assuming plenty of time. No, I, I don't remember a character called a lot no. of vagina in the dungeon. Oh, her as well. Yeah, yeah. Or plenty of... No, yeah. plenty of tool isn't or in plenty, the novel. Yeah, yeah. She's not, no. Yeah, I mean, Natalie Wood, we touched upon her before with her relationship with Jill St. John, Robert Wagner and all that. But, uh, yeah, she famously assisted, of course, was uh, Natalie Wood. And, yeah, it was Mank who suggested her. Her new shooting Playboy, which... Uh, which uh, one of the reasons she yeah was in the in the the public eye I say public but yeah so she turned down Easy Rider yeah that would have been before this wouldn't it which which she obviously regretted yeah sixty is that sixty eight sixty nine Easy yeah, Rider sixty yeah. nine very late sixties yeah and mainly worked in TV after that including Fancy Island <laughs> the Hervey Link and others nice this isn't her real name either Svetlana Gurdina was her. So birth name. Oh yeah. wow, what a name. Good name that, isn't it? I know. It's nearly as good yeah, as plenty of tool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is just background, so this is not she's been married six times. I'm not having a go at her. Her first her first husband was when she was only sixteen as well. So she Has her information been written by Jill St. John? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. She, she she's dated Adam West, but who hasn't in this film, so <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think we've all dated Adam West at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. W- Warren Beatty. What was that? There was that oh. story, wasn't there? That he'd slept with how many thousand women or something. And then Graham Norton asked him that. You know, when he was with. I thought wife, you were going to say she Benning. slept with Graham Norton. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she turned like, Graham that's, Norton. That's, that's definitely yeah. from Jilson John's website. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's quite present in the Bond online community. Yeah. I've, seen, yeah, I've actually well. been in a few live events where I always get really starstruck in those things and I always get oh. scared to ask any questions. But um, she, so God knows how you guys do with the, you know, obviously, you know, your Necros interview, which was amazing, and obviously uh, your Anthony Stark interview. I would honestly just clam up, I think, in those... I suppose you must get used to it. But to begin with, I'm just like, I can't get my words out. And I've been in a few of those events where she's been in. And she seems like 
um, regardless of what Jill St. John thinks of her, she seems to be a really, a really, a really, a really nice person. And most importantly, she's actually a, a very ardent Bond fan who loved the Fleming books, and that she says that that's why basically she was, she was, she was so desperate to be in the film wow. because she really loved the Fleming novels. Very crisp. So have that, Jill St. John. Nice to hear that, though, isn't it? <laughs> Tim oh, Lee, yeah. he hasn't got like a particularly big role or anything, but yeah. she's obviously, and yeah. you know, those actors are just like in it because it's a big film. She's actually knows what she's, the, you know, all the baggage that come with Bond films, and they yeah. say, mm. that's, that's nice to hear. And we want you on, Lana, if you're listening. Come oh, on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jill St. John, not at the same time. That's, you know, we'll all know. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Grudge match. Um, yeah. God. <laughs> Celebrity death match. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> cut that Lana with yeah, uh, that, with yeah. love you yeah. all uh, <laughs> um, one of the things with, with plenty is as far as I can think is she the first death of an innocent bystander really in the Bond franchise like she's a death she's a victim of circumstance rather than anyone who's been inter- intertwined into a plot yeah so I'm, try- I'm just trying yeah, to go through the films now Tilly and the, the Mastersons but yeah they were Getting the neck involved. No, they were definitely they were, they were trying well. to they were trying to kill uh, Goldfinger, though, weren't they? Well, especially Tilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think you're right. I think she's. In fact, I'm trying to think of any other characters in a Bond film it's who isn't it? kind of fit that description. Heck. At the end of the day, this is a this is a girl, a happy-go-lucky girl who's in a casino. Yeah. yeah, goes and spends a night with a man and not, ends not up dead because of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, she doesn't. But that means it's, it's 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 quite tragic when you think of it. It's all it is. Yeah, Bond gets yeah. killed. Yeah. yeah, I suppose he does. Yeah, back to the casino table. Bond puts on a ten k stake, which is obviously what gets her interest going. Yeah, I forget. He is still posing as Peter Franks, isn't he? At this stage, mm-hmm. lovely, really realistic, mumbling croupier. I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, he must be a real croupier. Yeah, because I have no idea well. what he's saying. No. Look at Lily. Look at Lily. Really, yeah, yeah. Like the one in Casino Royale, though. He's he's too good at his job. He must be an actual croupier. Yeah, presumably too. Yeah. The the recent one. Sorry to not the your favorite. No, no, I knew what you meant. Bert Saxby sees the slumber, my favourite logo, sees the slumber money, so vouches for Bond. Mr. Frank's credit's good. The crisp, famous line. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> she, what's the word, craps out in terms of loses her chip. Is that a phrase? No, we'll it is that. now. It is now, right? Okay. <laughs> I should do this, shouldn't I? should be the new, the new mic. Uh, yes. So Saxby's on the phone to Willard White. There's sort of shots of him, aren't there? He's almost a bit presented a bit like Blofeld, really, watching on, as in the original Blofeld. Mm. Mm. It's quite complicated what they're talking about. I've written here. That's just me. It's it's more about the diamonds, and I don't know whether anyone can else remember or help me here. I can't. <laughs> yeah, there's just some talk. <laughs> yeah, because he says they still think it's Peter Franks, yeah. don't they? Except Blofeld obviously yes, recognises yeah. who it really is, and that that's that's uh, the brilliance of that movie. This is yeah. Blofeld, though. Yeah. yeah. I've written some di- dialogue that I assume it's attributed to Plenty O'Toole. You handle those cubes like a monkey handles coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that... Would, would someone say that? I've, I've written it down and I can't... I've not written who actually says yeah. it. I assume it's her, isn't it? 
I'll be honest, Dane I don't. So good at... This no, might I, be I, my I can, limited can... understanding of zoology, but I don't associate monkeys with coconuts. It's not the first thing that springs to mind. <laughs> yeah, so Plenty is impressed that he's won 50,000. It gives her a tithe, doesn't it? It gives her 10%. You're a terrific guy. A little weird, but a terrific guy. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic, Plenty? Is that, are you okay? She offers him a drink. She's hitting on him, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Too, yeah. Right. Another deleted scene where they have dinner together. And there's a really... You can see why they cut it, because there's really weird... And there's a continuity error as well. There's a really weird, like, person on, like, playing a harp on a, like, a swan boat thing going past them. And it's... It is on the DVD, and it's like... It does not move the story along at all. No, no. So you can totally see that they just shot it because it was like, hey, you know, let's go for dinner and we'll shoot a scene sort of thing. It's that kind of, you know, even though the editing is very tight in lots of ways, you also get the feeling that, you know, they kind of had to assemble it later on because they had so many extra bits and pieces. So it's not like, because the, the way it cuts in the film, is almost like he's paying her for sex. Yeah, yeah. Whereas actually it's, which isn't the first time with Bond, let's be honest, but... It's, it wasn't originally intended yeah. to appear that way. And again, we aren't judging those who, uh, no, no, who, no. who make ends meet that way. No, but, no, you know, no. yeah. <laughs> it was my understanding of the lift that no money would exchange hands. That's some grossly misread the situation. <laughs> Partridge, right. American audience is gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> straight to the snogging, basically, isn't it? And he unzips her dress to show her knickers. Just give me one second, lover. Tom, you need to stop saying things in that kind of voice. Um, it, it's weird. You know, it's just, <laughs> just, yeah. It got it's, weird. It's not, it's not unpleasant. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, hey, I, I, I'm trying, tr- I've gone bright red here. Before she can't see. The shot of her in the doorway. The framing is. This might be a bit of a reach, but the the framing is. Um, a bit similar to Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. I suppose yeah. it's the best where uh, he takes Paris Carver's yeah, dress off. Yeah. I suppose yeah, it's yeah. the only way you, in a PG you can show a man taking off a woman's clothes in one in one movement. Yeah. Uh, without you know exposing her to the camera. So, but it's it's I'm trying to I can't think of another time that exact framing is used in a Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. The Rubelvich Living Daylights one is much more hack. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Anthony Stark. I played Truman Lodge in License to Kill, and you're listening to Really 007. Yeah, so we're in we're in the bedroom, and then she goes off, presumably just getting changed, and Bond turns on the lights <laughs> to reveal Mark Lawrence et al. He's very crisp. Great dialogue. Great dialogue, yeah. The hell is this? <laughs> Perverse convention. Perverse <laughs> I've got friends in these two. That is like the... <laughs> <laughs> Surely that has to be the best line in that whole yeah. thing. But like, Bond saying, I'm afraid you caught me with more than my handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Didn't get it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Nope. nope. <laughs> it's so, how did they do that shot of the going into the pool? It's just incredible. I know it was a stunt for the the last bit, but still, it's, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> just chucking somebody yeah, into a pool. Yeah. Manhandle someone yeah, out yeah. a window. I oh, know. I suppose that they must have yeah. shot it a lot lower down than yeah. than it looks in the film. Exceptionally fine shot. I didn't know there's a pool down there. 
<laughs> hmm. More lovely uh, when you first walk in. More lovely John Barron. Oh yeah, twinkling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so very it's subtle. All lovely. It does boggle the mind a little bit. You know, what would a pervert's? Con- <laughs> I don't know if we want to go here. But what would? <laughs> but what would a pervert's convention be like? I'm just like. Mm. So she assumes that there's some kind of. You know, they're all there to participate. (laughs) I don't know what she thinks is going on, really. (laughs) They're all waiting for her in her room, aren't they? But it's a bit. She doesn't assume she's not from that world. She doesn't assume they're going to try and kill her, does she? I suppose. I've got friends in this town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also quite confusing because the last time we see her is surviving in the pool landing. Then the next time we see her, she's in a different pool. Yeah. Dead, which is as a kid, I was like, "What?" Yeah. Sorry about your fulsome friend, (laughs) babyish. That's a good line. (laughs) Well, fulsome. How often do you get fulsome in an action (laughs) action blockbuster movie? Now, can I ask about this? Just, I'm I'm slightly confused by this because they're in there. They've got the guns out. They've thrown the girl out the window, but then they just like move away. And they it's leave. scary, isn't it? Yeah, they leave like the startled. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they must have known she was there in the first place. Can somebody like help me out with that? Of why Is they, when they see do Tiffany? it like they or do? They don't it? see Tiffany, do they? No, I thought I thought that, that she they're, they're they're there to get rid of her because Tiffany's waiting. Exactly. Yeah, I, I thought that's that's all it is. Because didn't you oh, right. elbow one of them? They fall back. And that's when they're startled, and then they kind of that they move away. Right. And obviously so, they, they were just waiting to get rid of her. So then, ah, oh, okay. because it's like, and again, it's like how long has Tiffany been sat on that bed? Well, yeah, yeah. Bond as he has a meal in the deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. totally how I read it as well. And when you read it that way, you you think, okay, Tiffany's isn't the squeaky clean character that you know. No. She no. she does become that late, very late on in the film, but. She's ultimately responsible for we, you know, Bond does take it out on her later on as being responsible for Plenty's death and another very uncomfortable moment coming up. But yeah, essentially they're in Tiffany's control, aren't they? Yeah, right. That's fine. And leading to what must be the most unsexy <laughs> sex scene ever committed to film, where they just chat chat about plot. He takes his trousers <laughs> off. Hangs them up. <laughs> Do you still think he's got his socks on? Yeah, he's under crackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Still got his socks on. Turns off the light. And like, come on, let's get down to it. I, I don't know whether this is just because this was, film was made 50 years ago, but I certainly think in terms of men's underwear, things may have moved on somewhat. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he's wearing not even flesh-coloured, but some kind of weird jaundiced yellow <laughs> Y-fronts. When it's finally revealed. And the genius of this sequence, and I only noticed it when I did my my article last year, was that you actually follow Tiffany's eyes before you see him. So it's almost building up, you know, we talked about gaze um, um, about 17 hours ago uh, on this podcast. And, you know, we follow her eyes. So we imagine what she sees. And then when it's revealed, and we've already talked about, you know, we're not going to body shame Sean Connery. He's still a very fine figure of a man with his very hairy shoulders and everything else. But I'm just like, why are you holding... Yeah, it is the hanger. It's so like it's so like I've just had a really tiring day at work and I really can't be bothered to make an effort, you know, kind of look. And I'm just going to stand here in my really grotty wifeness. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird, isn't He's it? He's almost naked. He is naked, isn't he? Though? 
There's no effort to seduce in this. But they both they both use each other, aren't they? Literally, it's a sort of business-like transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's a very I think it's a very unsexy scene. I mean, incredibly unsexy. Incredible. The thing that I always found, and I only realised this years later when I think I finally got the condo. When I finally finally got. Sorry. When I finally got the DVD, like years and years later, because I had the version taped off TV and it was kind of fuzzy and whatever, for some bizarre reason, it's so underlit that scene, which yeah. is kind of realistic as well. I always thought she stubbed her cigarette out into the hair on his chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I never noticed the ashtray there. I was just like, is Bond just like showing he's really hard that he doesn't mind a cigarette being stubbed <laughs> out into his chest hair? I'm like Rosie Carver. And is she just being really cruel? Got these. And I thought cigarette. it was some kind of, you know, borderline S and M sort of thing going on between those two. So I was kind of I was kind of frust- annoyed when I turned out there was an ashtray there all along after years of oh. watching that movie. <laughs> Never mind. Did Never did mind. any of you ever used to watch Keeping Up Appearances? Yes. 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 <laughs> Do you remember Gonzo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, in his vest. In his vest, yeah. <laughs> in his vest. And he always used to smoke in bed and his wife used to always put the, uh, the fag on the That's tree. probably it's in your memory, isn't it? keeping up. Yeah. yeah. He, he, Sean, I'm sorry, I don't want to body share or anything like that, but Sean Connery in this scene reminds me of Gonzo <laughs> like, <laughs> with the uh, cigarette. <laughs> Great characters. Oh, Great comedy characters. Yeah, brilliant characters. Yeah. And like with the scene, there's some nice back and forth. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And dialogue. Dialogue's yeah. great. And and oh, then yeah, and yeah, yeah. sort of post Portugal kind of the scene where she's like with, with the cigarette. Yeah. With the being a bit like Bond seems a bit wistful. He's like, I know a good tailor in Hong Kong. Like he's kind of yeah. It's just a lovely bit of acting from Connery. He was like, I know a good, good tailor in Hong Kong. I love that. She's sort of offering to get him out of the the whole thing for a fifty-fifty split. I've, I've put, I mean, I've, I mean, you said that, I've put down here, Bond sounds a bit bored with her. He's not looking at her, is he, really? He's sort of just taking it in. Circus, circus, here we are. We've had, we've had the casino, we've had the stand-up, we've got some circus now. The owner of this circus was a Bond fan, and apparently he made a cameo. I don't know whether he's the circus, circus guy we, which opens the scene, but he, he is in it, apparently. And another famous John Barry Q. It's not the best circus scene, of course, in a Bond film. Octopussy is obviously. Thank you. Oh, but still, oh yeah, definitely. It's obviously not Francisco de Fearless. It's the Flying Pelusio or something like that. Is it? <laughs> Pelusio, mm. I can't think of that. Yeah. Anyway, it's Dick Grayson from Batman Forever. That kind of uh, acrobatics. Yeah, yeah. Bond and Felix have got a box, haven't they? Just watch the. Well, Tiffany basically arrived with the diamonds or trying to get the diamonds. I can't remember what it was now. A mouse with sneakers on couldn't get through. Another one of these kind of lines. There's a CIA agent posing as a croupier, of course. Guy with a suit on a microphone. Tiffany's given the car. Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton, yeah, yeah. Guy. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Hamilton. <laughs> one of these brilliant characters like Adam, Adam never gets a word to say yeah. sticks in my head. So it says, doesn't it, why don't you play the water balloons? to get her to go over there. It's so childhood again, this. I, d- I didn't know. We mustn't have known what was going on. And then there's incredible circus performer spinning on a mouth. I mean, I don't know. It's absolutely unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lovely music going on while that's happening as well. John Barry can sell anything because yeah. glamorous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
again, to go back to Jill St. John, her performance, which is the, 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 the water. Oh, blues, I love this bit. Yeah. Just how disinterested yeah, she yeah. is absolutely makes the scene. She's chewing, isn't she? <laughs> it's just like, and that kid as well. Oh, <laughs> again, the dialogue between, uh, and the, the guy who's behind is that like, winner every time. Little Addy Elite, aren't you, sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Annie Oakley on the end. You're the one, man. I want to shoot that guy with. <laughs> Who's she, your mother? Your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate him. I hate him so much. I'm sure my brothers will say he's like me as a kid. But. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> what a brat. But when watching his kids, I don't Hang on, that is, that's unfair. Why did she win? And, yeah. All right, kids, fix, guys. Because the diamonds are obviously inside the stuffed. Toy on the the, is it the ugliest of toy in creation. It's like a knockoff Dumbo type thing, isn't it? Some kind of weird pinky greeny elephant yeah. monstrosity, yeah. and obviously it's there to so, so we can kind of follow it through the scene. But I'm just like, dear God, that is an ugly stuffed toy coming to the 007 store soon. Well, yeah. <laughs> in between that and. Arguably, a scene as scary as for us as kids as the cremation scene is. Quick little cutaway of the elephant playing oh. on the slot machine. Did you notice even the elephant's got diamonds on <laughs> and does some like roar when it wins? I mean, I, I'm sure the the Wizard of Ice, the Fleming people are going to be absolutely hating stuff like this. They must be, must they? I love I it. Keeping with it's Vegas. That's the sort of thing you would see. I in love Vegas. it. I think it adds to the. What shall I say? It makes it more scary for me. It's such... Uh, no, what I mean... I, no, I don't... It's a very it's scary scene. It? It's unsettling. Yeah. It's yeah. it's unsettling. Everything's An elephant quite right. winning yeah. at that. You just think, what's that about? And it's, inc- and it's completely it in keeping with this unsettling film. Yeah. Oh, I have, I, I have no problem with it. It's very effective. That's the way Good. I... I might be jumping ahead about 20 seconds in the film here, but we're, we're going to get to a part in a moment where a oh. woman transforms into a gorilla. It's so oh, scary. The second <laughs> scariest bit. It's awful. I mean, <laughs> let's, we've, we've already established that there are, there, there are very problematic elements of this film, and this, this is where racism comes in. <laughs> so, you know, we will kind of... Yeah. Move past how on earth they thought it was a good idea to to even go there. Did did anybody hear where the announcer said that Zambora's from? Nairobi. Oh right, okay. He actually says Nairobi. Nairobi, South Africa. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> no. That's actually what he says. Oh god. Maybe it was intended as a satire on Maybe. you know, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Ignorant views, I don't know. As with anything in this film, and I'm not giving it a free pass, yeah. you know, we've got sexism, racism, <laughs> homophobia, whatever. I think it's just, it's just, you know, throw, throw it all in the mix. Equal on, yeah. Everyone's equal offended. Equal opportunities, yeah. discrimination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone's offended. Yeah, well. Roll up, roll up. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's like, and I'm not trivialising any of no, those no, no, things, no. obviously, as we've been, no. you know, as we've pointed out set many times and I think listeners will appreciate you know where we're coming from on this one but the whole thing is just so daft <laughs> I don't think you can really take no 
any of the phobias rep- in these films as intentional. Yes, they should have really known what they were doing and they should have known better, but it's just so ruddy silly, <laughs> honestly. Obviously, you've got the you know the, the worrying sort of you know, African woman turning into a gorilla for what? It's terrible. But you've got you've even got a bit of casual. It is. You put it, you put it in a, you just put it in a sentence yeah. like that. It sounds absolutely oh my God, dreadful. What are they doing? Oh I know. no. You've even got a little bit of casual <laughs> racism, you know, a guy with a fake German accent, you? you know, God forbid something should go wrong here, get out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> wake, the beauty, wake. The kids do look scared, don't they? They, they look like they're actually watching this and yeah. being terrified. Except there is one lad who looks absolutely like he's about to wet himself <laughs> after. There's always I one. Love, I love that kid's face. I love that kid's face. And I think I always, I kind of create this little, I'm getting as bad as John now. I'm creating my own narrative here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always think that the girl in front of him is his sister because I would have been this brother. Um, so the girl in front of him is his sister and she's terrified. So he's enjoying her yes. terror. Yes. So he's like, he he's like laughing at the fact that she's so scared. <laughs> Yeah, I love that little kid's face. He's like priceless. I love it. I just love this. It's what a weird, weird film. <laughs> it is so weird. It is. It is like we've got. Have you ever seen David Lynch's The Elephant Man? Oh yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a bit like we've kind of slipped into that kind of territory for this segment of the film. I'm tempted to do an impression of the Elephant Man, but that could come across as extremely offensive. So, so no, 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 no. <laughs> Hey, the producers of Diamonds are Forever would They would, they would. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany uses the panic of everyone sort of going out as a chance to sort of escape, isn't she, the the CIA attention. Lovely different Barry Q that... And Felix, yeah, after he said not a mouse, even a mouse with sneakers couldn't get by. Oh, oh, sorry, yes, we have actually lost. Um, Is it Plenty's death then? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Apparently Lorna Wood struggled with the scene because she, she had to have her feet tied to a cement block on the bottom of the pool for mm. hours and stuff. And I wonder why she struggled. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, doesn't everyone love? Doesn't everyone love being half drowned by being tied by at the bottom of a swimming pool? It's off. She had to like pull on a rope to sort of get up to breathe between takes. Apparently, the pool was steeped in a way because it was steeped. Yeah, it made the block that she was on move deeper and deeper with each take. And eventually, she was she was submerged once. It's not funny again, and only noticed by onlookers who basically had to come in and rescue her before she would have been drowned. And she was a diver as well. She was a certified diver. In I suppose most people's hands, it might have been completely traumatized. She said it was pretty uncomfortable when she had to be pulled out so it's only like a what five second shot isn't it although it is very scary it's a harrowing shot I think it's the white shoes that do it for yeah. me the fact that it starts with the white shoes and looks so very innocent dolly shoes yeah. kind of thing and really give that kind of girl next door vibe in the way that she's dressed this is just so unfair really really harrowing shot so why are we here where is this just to just to fill me in, why, why is Bond here again? Whose house is it? Is it Plenty's house? Tiffany's, I think. Well, because he doesn't he say that she came looking for you. Yeah, it's Tiffany's so house. We Tiffany. presume that's why she said, "Why the hell is my black wig doing?" In the, in the, yeah, in okay. The pool? Right, yeah. Which again is like a great piece of dialogue because it's yeah, it's sort of throw away, and then there's the drama of actually realizing it's not a black wig. Yeah, it's a dead person. 
which I think works really well. Do you think that's why, I don't know whether you said this earlier, do you think that's why we have all the wigs in the first time we meet her as well? And I suppose that explains the mistaken identity thing up yeah. to a point. So Bond manages to catch up. Tiffany's there, of course, now. He's poolside. It was actually, when I watched it last time, it was on the ITV recorded version, it, it cut just up to where the face, it didn't show a face. Ah, oh, see, this is another one of those times when I recorded it off TV when I, um, you know, in the 90, 80s, 90s, when he says, where's the stuff? Oh, it the like stuff? cuts to the ad break. Yeah. So, l- yeah, literally, that's it. Literally, at that point, I'm just like, oh, it's time to go and make a It is, yeah, yeah. And then I'm amazed when the DVD carries on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the exact point, yeah, on our recorded version. It did stop there, I remember that. Any listener who did not watch their first Bond films, recording them off ITV on a bank holiday Monday in the UK, will have not a clue no. what we're going on about here. We always say, we said with the, the Octopussy one, and they even went as far as they cut it and didn't show Bond, and that's for 009. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, that was like, what? Hang on, this oh, yeah. is one of the best bits in the film. It was just lost. Went to the ad break and we never got the end of that scene. It's quite a heightened bit, isn't it? It's the first time Tiffany and Bond have sort of not been at ease with each other and it gets a bit heightened. It's supposed to be you, the next link in the pipeline. So he, he knows that uh, she's going to be killed, basically. Does he, he slap her for it in here? Yeah. yeah. Well, very, very hard. Yeah. Mm. This is now a relationship of convenience, isn't it? Like, th- th- what this turns to, because neither of them have been honest with each other. And and the way I interpret Tiffany is that actually, how do I say this? I think she's in it for her own means the whole way through. I think there's, imp- I think there's implications about like, her number one priority is not going to jail. That is her number one priority yeah, yeah, yeah. is not getting in trouble. And I think that that goes through the whole way of the film. And obviously now, you know, he's not being honest about who he is, Bond. He's not, he's, she knows he's not Peter Franks. And he goes like, who are you? And I know you're not the one to turn the other cheek and all that kind of stuff. And she's basically got no choice but to trust him now and to go down that way. She's she's cornered because she has to do that. Otherwise, she's going down. I think that's quite an interesting like dynamic, really, because I don't ever I don't ever see this in terms of like a pussy galore one where she becomes a goodie. I don't believe no, it's no. like she. It's always for convenience for her own yeah. sake and I think that's a really interesting dynamic yeah I agree what a film so lots of great stuff in it <laughs> it does sound particularly Scottish now where's the stuff 
at the, at the end of the scene. Adverse, yeah. Which again is another great cut, which is ruined if you watched it on ITV yes. on an ad break. Because it's a great cut to them taking the horrible, scary stuffed toy out of a locker exactly. at the airport. So he's wheeled away into a van. Bond is now in his the famous red Ford Mustang. He's following this van to the gas station. The, Saxby is the driver. Bird Saxby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned Will and White. And then we've got the scene about Tiffany intervening with, with Curly. John, do you want to... <laughs> No, not that one. No, I'm just waiting for my Professor Doctor Max. No, I'll leave. I'll leave the others. Oh time. right, oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to perfect it again. <laughs> oh, oh, you blew it, Curly. Yeah, so Bond can then get into the back. Curly, it's sort of a coincidence that they just happen to see Mets, though, isn't it? Yeah, I've only just realised that. Maybe there weren't many gas stations around. Yeah, Las Vegas is famously a very small town. <laughs> <laughs> But then miles and miles of deserts. So yeah. <laughs> okay, this is going to be really, really nerdy. Just to redeem my beloved Diamonds of Forever, now I'm realising how silly some of it is. <laughs> but um, one of the things I really love about this is, and this is this is really, really nerdy, but is the same colour is used for everything, the livery of everything in Willard White's organisation, from mm. Metz's green van to the silly trike bike things... Every everything is that same colour. Sage green. Yeah, it's really good storytelling. It makes it seem like a real organisation. And it's that kind of very distinctive and you know, you just take those sorts of things for granted sometimes and you don't consciously aware of them. But watching yeah, it yeah. this time, it was actually my husband who pointed it out because I'd never that been that conscious. But it is so consistent. It's just such a good style choice. You had your chance and you blew it, Curly. She, again, I love. She's great. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's like sassy. Green. She's got that swagger that? and and you, you know, keep leaning on that hooter, child. You're gonna shut in the mouth. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lady. I believe okay, you'll lady. like. Okay, lady. Whatever you say. <laughs> we follow Mets, don't we, to the Diamond Laboratory, whatever it is. W Tectronics, babyish. Oh. Willard White. So yes, this van is lowered underground. Very, very American. Very crisp. Lovely Barry mystery cue written here. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of spy work from Bond, I suppose. Chatting about oh. G section. Oh. Go on, John, please. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. I just love it. I just love my my first boss at my work loved the spits of Klaus Hergesheimer. Mm-hmm. and um, oh yeah, like I. I used to call him Klaus Hergesheimer to myself. You know, like one of them names. Oh, it's Klaus Hergesheimer. <laughs> and then people look at you like, what? Like, <laughs> sorry. In, in niche in joke that show, nobody yeah. gets whatsoever. <laughs> Checking radiation shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was just such, so unfortunate that we were in the P section under planning and not, not G section. That would have oh. been like the absolute winner. <laughs> You'd have to tell everyone who'd listen to them. Yeah. I love any scene where Bond blags his way into yeah. something. Yes, it's not Beverly Hills I think Cop, that is, is <laughs> that is peak Bond for me. That he can manoeuvre his way through, and he can yeah, yeah. 
you know, he, it's the subterfuge. Well, yeah, but yeah. sometimes, sometimes he use a gadget to blow open a door. In this case, yeah. he just waits. He waits. He, ch- he basically chats someone up and then waits until they put their key code in and then slips in the door before them. It's it's just so yeah. so smooth. Simple. Thankfully, they don't recognise him. Like, hey, you're you're James Bond with his Playboy cover. Thankfully, <laughs> that obviously isn't, isn't as well known in America, so he's all right. Hergesheimer's. I always think again. No one. Will, this is just for the people who listen, who like my sense of humour. But Polo Express. Anyone seen Polo Express? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've never got round the, to it. That's the shop. You know, the, the when the, the the train sets out. That's the sort of department store that they pass on the way. Hergesheimer's. The, the North Pole. Hergesheimer's. Well, you know the, the know-it-all kid on oh, the voice, oh, the kid. And, and you see the he's so annoying that kid, isn't he? He's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's deliberately annoying. But yeah. Again, yeah. So that's the other the other link. This is even sadder, maybe. When we were doing our James Bond films, us pickup boys and others like Daniel Bauer, as kids, we filmed a scene. Matthew wasn't there, and he entrusted us to sort of film a scene with Doug Argyle, John. I think it was. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, great guy. We filmed it. It was basically just copied this whole scene where Bond had to infiltrate some some sort of <laughs> laboratory. The only thing we basically changed was the name Klaus Hergesheimer, and we we even had a guy come in like with a with a laboratory coat on, like checking radiation. You know, the exact same line. And we thought, yeah. oh, this was hilarious. And then Math came back for the day. Oh, can we see what you filmed? Like. That's rubbish. You've just copied it all from Diamonds Are Forever. Can't use it. No. Me and Harry were devastated. Yeah, yeah. Did Doug play the role of Klaus Hergesheimer? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes. <laughs> Not Dr. Metz. Oh, I can't remember. I'm who glad you've him, shared yeah. your slightly traumatising experience of recreating the scene from Diamonds Are Forever as well. Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't just me then. I did mine in front of uh, the entire class. So, you know. Oh, brilliant. Go. I'd love to say that I recreated one with a, with an elephant at a, at a slot machine, but I haven't. So <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> well, oh, we'll come to queue wow. on the slot machines, won't we? Like? Yeah, it's it's very crisp. Connery's loving the role. Metz uh, gets out this mm. stuffed toy. So Bond's obviously now posing as Hergesheimer. John, do you want to the first? Because <laughs> Bond is just there and he's just messing about and he wants. Who yeah, are you? Sorry, please I'm, say I'm, it, John. I'm just, I'm, I can't. I'm just imagining Doug as Klaus. All right, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is brilliant. If you know Doug, it's, it's a very unlikely casting, I'd say. Phil Argyle wants to hear this. Phil Argyle is a listener and he wants to hear this. I just wanted you to do the the Mets, one of the oh. Mets' famous lines. Oh. Will you please leave, you irritating man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will you please leave, you irritating it's man? It's class. Uh, I, I love uh, that line. Uh, I want to use that in like everyday life. You know, when my brother's winding yeah, me up yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least he, he is played by an Austrian. Sorry, it isn't oh, a fake accent, don't worry. So, I love that Bond, he's not rushing, he's taking his time. <laughs> he's very much in character with his clipboard. Yeah. Uh, just checking the radio now. Let me see, let me see. You are. You know, I just love like Bond is totally in character in here, and and Connery yeah. is just loving it. What a such an entertaining scene. And it almost yeah. accidentally stumbles across the military marches uh, cassette yes. tape. Yeah, yeah, it's snatched off him, isn't it, by Metz? 
and then he's told to leave. <laughs> After starting to spell his own name. <laughs> I love that. How do you spell it? <laughs> M-E- Will you... <laughs> like, Will you please leave, you irritating man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What film? The guy who played Hergesheimer, Chris, Ed Bishop, he was in very UFO. Is that a very oh, yeah, Chris yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. And he was in 2001 A Space Odyssey. One of these Shane Rimmer Americans working in England, obviously, wasn't he? But this is incredible. He organised anti-war riots in Manchester. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Don't know which war he was complaining about, but or just war in general. What is it good for? I don't know. Should have researched that. Absolutely nothing according to Edwin Starr, but you know. If you're enjoying Really 007, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram? Look us up at Really 007 Pod. Right, David, one of your favourite scenes. Is it the elephant in the room? That meta- I know we've we've had plenty of elephants already, but um, I suspect I suspect we're about to talk about the moon buggy scene. We are. <laughs> okay, so the moon buggy scene is um, one of my favourites, <laughs> and I know it comes under a lot of scrutiny. This one, but I actually think it's a genius, genius idea. I know it's really kind of more played for laughs than anything else. But this is another one of those moments where I think Bond uses whatever is available to him. And I think it's yeah. actually quite practical to steal yeah. a moon buggy and drive it across what is essentially the same as a lunar landscape, which, you know, which is, you know, the desert. Obviously, there are lots of questions around this scene. And I know lots of people have tried to answer them, like... Why are the people moving so slowly? So presumably their suits are weight. I, I, I don't understand much about astronaut training, but I, Im- I imagine nowadays they tend to do mo- probably did it then actually in a swimming pool to simulate gravity, but yes, uh, lack yeah, of gra- yeah. gravity. But presumably they've got like weighted boots and all that sort of thing. But even so, it still doesn't make any sense. But it is wonderful all the same. <laughs> How do you guys fare with the moon buggy scene? For the sake of the listeners of the podcast, I'm just about to show my thoughts of the moon buggy scene by showing my replica of the James Bond moon. Oh, oh my that. God. <laughs> I, I want that. Is that oh, it's got the arms as well. It's got the... Uh, oh, even, my God. When you, when you put the wheels... When you put it across the floor and do the wheels, the little thing at the back twizzles as well while mm. it does it. It's brilliant. Oh, this the is The red brilliant. ball thing. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. It's absolutely stupid, but it's pure entertainment, and I would never take it out of the film ever. It's iconic, isn't it? I mean, what, one thing I'll say is, it's a flipping good job that they had some uh, really pathetic walls that he, he took a risk just driving through that wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bounce off the wall. <laughs> it wasn't concrete. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. no, it's brick. We can't get through today. <laughs> but, um, but no, it, it, it's silly, but it's, again, completely in keeping with the film. And, and my main thing with, with, with Bond films is know what you want to do. And if you and if you're gonna go with a silly film, go all in. And I appreciate that about this film. I love that about Moonraker. What I find harder is if you if you try and do a semi-serious film and you put something like a moon buggy in. That's where I think it grates. He's on about Fiores only. 
I, I didn't mention a film. Um, I didn't mention <laughs> any names. <laughs> but for this, it's totally... All right, keep your hair on. <laughs> I run with it. I, I've got no problem with it in this film. Yeah, it's commit, it commits to what it is. And I, you've got to you know, compliment it on that. And I think you start off with... <laughs> just so, there's just so much the so there he is behind the rock he's just, just he's just he's, just he's like, so poised <laughs> it's, it's the worst hiding you've ever seen isn't it <laughs> and then and then I I'm thinking why, why is the a replica of Moon what are they doing what are they trying yeah, to yeah. achieve is this you know why are they acting this out and then and then it just it just, it just carries on it's like a snowballing effect of you know kind of almost like silliness where it goes from you know the boon buggy to those those why why like off-road tricycles why why not well quad bikes <laughs> you know what i mean yeah look, because like connery's knees when he gets on it oh my like god he's so hilarious it looks so <laughs> funny, it? it's like going on your younger brother's toy isn't it <laughs> Chris, you you realise you you're not helping your kind of uh, where you, we think you've got a complex about weird posture here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think any of us can miss the fact that Connery look. Yeah, he's like getting on like a, a child's plaything, isn't it? Oh, it looks cool though when he sort of slide. comes off it, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, when he jumps off and it carries on. Yeah, that is pretty. Co- that is pretty cool. Is there a slightly sort of comical score from Barry over the scene? It's a little yeah, bit. Definitely. Oh, it's brilliant score. Oh, Silly, it's brilliant. yeah. <laughs> I love it. We, John, we used it in one of our end fights in our bomb. Oh god, is this another vaguely traumatizing childhood memory? I love that. I live for these. It was quite effective, actually. How old were you when you were making? It was that a one? bit of a copy off the Stromberg. Bond shot me. I was, I think, Mathers Bond in that one, possibly Daniel, and shot me through this massive tube, a bit like Stromberg under the table, and I did this the most theatrical dive ever, to the score of the Moon Buggy ride. Please tell me this footage exists somewhere. It does somewhere, yeah. I think Harry did a DVD conversion, so. I've just asked Matthew if you've got any archive footage of Dud, and he says, unfortunately, <laughs> not, so... <laughs> no, well, there you go, yeah. Scrubs, yeah, it was, yeah. They're, they're buried in, was it near the motorway? Was that the Wicker Man, where they, they ripped up the film and buried parts of it in something like Kent? Yes, the there was, like, yes, there was yeah. the, 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 the original, yeah, the original <laughs> director's, well, the original cut, yeah. The negatives were burnt and buried or whatever. It's so good, yeah. I love the, I love the music. I don't, I don't think it's that comical. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying... It's, like, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's just... It raises an awful lot of questions. Like you say, you took it out. Yeah, I love it. What do you think the uh, the the Blackpool alternative would be for driving away in a moon buggy? In a Dodgem car? Lidham St. Sam's? I don't know. Fleetwood? Hello. <laughs> donkey ride. Gotta be yeah. a donkey ride. Yeah. Oh, Doug's coming back for Klaus Ergish now. <laughs> He's signed. Yeah. I'll offer you what you want. You can have the million dollars that Connery had. <laughs> you can have your charitable foundations. He is in Scotland, Doug, of course. Anyway, right. Just going back to the design of the moon buggy. It was inspired by the actual NASA, it's called a lunar rover, you know, the thing obviously on the moon. But the producers didn't find the design outrageous enough, so they added like the arms, just to make it a bit more quirky or sexy, I suppose. It was capable of... Uh... 
David's face. Sorry, it was it was capable of road speeds. <laughs> sorry, sex sexy. I'm stopping you there. Sorry, Se- sexy moon buggy. <laughs> I'm trying to big this up. We love this, David. Sorry. Okay, you know, you know by now I'm pretty broad-minded, but uh, you know. okay, all right. Sexy yeah, robotic let, let... arms, yeah. Come on, yeah. David, that yeah. is sexy. That is like yeah. well sexy. Come on. Put it away, John. Put it away. <laughs> Put the moon the buggy toy. down. Right. Yeah, yes. Put the moon buggy yeah. back on the bookshelf. Ken Adam, I think, came up with the design, and they had to completely change it just because of the heat in the desert. The, the the tires were getting ruined and loads of them were being broken and I think it was an absolute nightmare to film by all accords. Before we get there though, like like we say, Bond's hiding behind the moon rock. He he boards this thing. He smashes through this. He needlessly of put smashes into the security hut just to get out. There's no real need for that, but uh, it's very this era of Bond, isn't it? The chase, crash, smashing chases with cars piling into each other and like living like dies full of it, isn't it? And see, yeah. arguably. This did exist in... I've always thought this was the first one, but actually, arguably, it existed in Honor Majesties as well. The ice ring. The stock car. Yeah, yeah, the stock car, sorry, yeah. yeah. And I know there's true, a very true. different feel to that, but this and there's a reason for so much car smashing in that. But yeah. Live and Let Die is conspicuously, it's all that cannonball run type, you know, that kind of yeah, destruction yeah. derby type stuff. It is, it is excessive. And is it something to do with Ford paying for all the cars? I'm yes. sure I've read something yeah. along yeah, the lines. Like, yeah. yeah, some of the dialogue in the car is great as well. Where mm-hmm. just relax. I have a friend named Felix who can fix anything. Is he married? Yeah, 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 yeah. So much. And I think I can see now. Like when I actually going back and, and, and the dialogue, I can I can understand where Connery saying this was the best Bond script because yeah. the dialogue really does fizz and there's some some cracking lines. And there's a cracking line to end the scene. If you. <laughs> If you see a mad professor in a minibus, just smile. <laughs> <laughs> mad! <laughs> yeah. As in angry, which he was, yeah. It's a great line. So then we go on to the, the first car chase. I'm not to say the car chase is famous, but the stunt certainly is that's coming up. They managed to get the streets as empty as possible, because you would imagine it would be busy in Vegas at night, only through the collaboration of Howard Hughes. Because I think, again, like he owned most of the town, didn't he? So he could get the buildings and the streets... Pretty empty for it. Yeah, they managed to speak to the shopkeepers, the Vegas police, and everybody who were in cooperation. Like you say, David, about all the car crashes, yeah, the filmmakers had a product placement arrangement with Ford to use the vehicles. The only demand was that, that Sean Connery had to drive the Mustang, which is actually... is It, it is Tiffany's car, isn't it? Yes. It, she, is it rental? It's a rental, isn't it? Yeah. Is that sexist, or is it more a case of being a retort to Lazenby where Diana rigged it all the driving in the previous one. It's because obviously like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just I'm speculating. But obviously yeah. one of the big things about Majesties is is that actually Diana Rigg does does the whole driving in the main car chase and that's quite a submersive four when you, subversive four when you think of in terms of that Bond has always been the hero of the car chases. And I just wonder if it was as opposed I don't know but I'm just speculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it more a thing of Connery's back? Connery's our man. He's in there, as opposed to necessarily a sexist issue. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just uh, thinking. Yeah, I would think it was more down to just promotion and marketing, wanting mm. to see Connery mm. Bond drive the car yeah. more than anything. 
but she does do most. She does because there is, it is. She's driving the first half, isn't she? And then they, they, they swap yeah. over, and he he drives later on, this kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, photos of Bond in in their car that they can put on all the adverts and things. I would I would think, which you could you argue know, is a yeah, form of thought. sexism because you know. It, you want to yeah, see Bond, yeah. but then again, he's the famous character, and yeah, I, I, yeah I've, yeah. I've got to say, I've never, I've personally never read it in that way. <laughs> Guess perhaps again. Yeah, people complain, don't they? Some certain people complain. You know, Bond should always drive a British car, and we shouldn't be driving a Ford and stuff. But like you say, John, we've had a, is it was it a Mercury Cougar? Was it O H O H M S S? As people don't call it, and golfing a Thunderball, we had other Ford Mustangs. I know that weren't necessarily the main car by Bond, but yeah. it's not like we've only had British cars sure, and then this all came in and ruined it all or anything like that. So no, I don't mind. In America, you know, it's, it's in Vegas. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, so the police catch up with them and then Bond does this r- massive reverse and then there's more cops and then J.W. Pepper emerges. No, but it oh. does It does have that sort of feel, doesn't it? Yeah. Almost. So. yeah. so every Bond film from now until license to not license to kill view to a kill sorry that is set in america has yeah yeah a silly as as a as a sheriff kind <laughs> of character doesn't it and i'm dick tracy and you're still under arrest <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you can see like it's Very a fun. prototype for jw but how good it would it have been if jw was in this scene oh, <laughs> yeah. it would have been, it would have been amazing the bond purist like he should have been in more should have been the J.W. Pepper oh, trilogy, part oh, one. I love J.W. I, I'm a big yeah. J.W. J.W., where are you? From my belt on here. Um, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> From what I've read, it, it was largely, I don't know who came up with the idea, whether it was Hamilton or Mankiewicz, but Mankiewicz said um, at some point he just enjoyed writing racist cops. <laughs> so that's... what that's, that's, He's a Democrat, that's though, literally. So. Literally, his words. So he he found it he found it amusing to satirize, you know, racist yeah. Southern yeah, satire. police satire. officers. He wasn't endorsing their views. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiffany sort of open mouth, isn't she? Like whilst this is going on, it's quite <laughs> a bit like the only bit that jar. Well, one of the well, the only bit with her that jars later on is for me in the final Winston Kid confrontation. They're like. Just yeah. you know, oh anyway, not necessarily. Yeah, suddenly she goes kind of a bit girly and squeamish, and I'm just yeah, like, mm, okay. yeah. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't sort of chime though, doesn't? You don't think she is actually scared? Like her character wouldn't be scared by any of this. She's like a proper adventurer kind of thing. She's probably loving it. This is like uh, it always reminds me Alan Partridge with the we come in, Larry, <laughs> Larry. Larry. Yeah, yeah, Larry it is, yeah, yeah. I think Larry got it. Dan! Adam boy, yeah. Larry. Come in, Larry. We got him. <laughs> Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the JW, isn't he, in this in this scene, yeah. There's like a weird sort of chase in a car park, isn't there, where they're sort of going round and round in circles. That's where things get really excessive. You just think, mm, yeah. really, is this necessary? Yeah. There's a little ramp, isn't there, that had to go over several cars that was actually one of the toughest scenes apparently to film the hired stunt driver couldn't perform it couldn't do it and wrecked about two or three cars and they only had one car left to do the scene so they called Bill Hickman this guy who drove for hours apparently just to get there jumped into the Mustang (laughs) 
did the stunt in one take and that was it and then just went I think so what a guy a bit like the guy who did the, the man with the golden gun in one take and they were like whoa hang on we thought this would take hours and days and days mm. so can you do it again he's like no way mate I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, I suppose yeah. when you've planned something like that you know there's only yeah, yeah. Two, way, two ways it can go very well or very badly mm. so, yes that's true yeah. yeah I like how the score hits doesn't it when you see the dead end sign I got you now. It's so bombed, and it, you're right, John. It is copied a bit in *A View to Kill*. That this running theme of Bond doing something amazing, and then the police try and copy him and get get it wrong, don't they? Mm. It may have been done in early ones, possibly, but certainly *A View to Kill* is the one that's most like this. The continuity error that's famous, the famous continuity error of the thing, but it it does actually. I always forgot that it does technically correct it in the scene. But that is off, that's even worse, isn't it? It would probably been better if they just left it going up on one yeah. side and coming out the other, rather than some supernatural flipping the car. I've um, I've seen a version online where someone has just literally flipped the footage. Yeah, why I don't they just do don't, that? I don't know why they did because that was entirely so possible then. Obviously, yeah. I don't know why they didn't think to do that. It was a late error, was it? A late discovery of the error, wasn't it? I think Guy Hamilton saw it late or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, but that's... That kind of edit wouldn't say it long, would it? No. Wouldn't you have the... They would change places then, wouldn't they? If you flip the footage. So Bond would then be driving on the other side. If you turn the negative over, Bond... Only for that shot, it's a long shot, isn't it? But there's a close-up, isn't there? Maybe. No, the close-up of them inside is the correcting one. Is there another Oh, you mean when they come out, flip it? Yeah, yeah. What it might do is, just to get a bit technical, I don't know, it might break the 180 rule. So the idea is that you get yeah, well, the camera one yeah. side. Of, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. But either way, to be honest, I you know, I love the moon buggy chase, but I... I love... <laughs> no, that, that, was, that was actually uncannily good. Um, so, um, Thank uh, you. But I... Uh, <laughs> If ever I lose my soundtrack CD, I'll just get you to uh, do that down the phone. <laughs> it's so me. embedded into my head, honestly. Yeah. But I, I think the problem is with this, you've got that it's it's that this chase follows the moon buggy sequence, so it's excessive even as it stands on its own. But following the moon buggy sequence, it's really excessive, and I think it definitely lessens the impact. This is definitely a pacing mistake. Would you have had them both in, but you just had a... A talking scene, as we call them, in between, or yeah, perhaps. But then again, you've got two two vehicle sequences, and it's the same thing in Live and Let Die, the boat chase that goes on yeah. for a very long time. And I'm just like, oh, sometimes less is a bit less is more, really. So I would have only only had one or the other, and of course, I would have kept the moon buggy chase. Of course, the Live and Let Die ends so to satisfyingly though the way that ends with the yeah it does with the poor Adam into the yeah poor Adam yeah waste of a jacket and the and the guy John you're stunned that David is I quite like it like the car seat what you like the double chase I I don't right it's an obvious error of course it is it doesn't grate on me like the slide whistling man with the golden gun does um. I can still. Wow! 
Sorry, I'm just. Okay. Yeah, it's all right, mate. It's fine. It's fine. We, we need you. We need your sound effects, definitely. It doesn't take me out of the action. I know it's there, but I can still enjoy it for what it is. For me, it's similar to like the View to a Kill stuff, where half of yeah, Tom, Tom's like shuddering with fear of what I'm going to say now. But we're not having any criticism of that. Especially in Paris, the amount of Roger Moore stunt doubles you see running up the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> It's hilarious, and it's so blatantly obvious. But (laughs) I still enjoy it, despite the flaws. And I find I find that with this actually, I don't. It's not completely. It it doesn't touch the Honor Majesty Secret Service stock car chase, but it's far more exciting than the car chase in the Mom with the Golden Gun. Far more exciting than that. I know. Yeah, but you don't have that guy, do you? The the backbone love. So. <laughs> I don't know. I I think in context of the film, it's not all that bad. I've not got a massive issue with it. It's fine. John, I can't help but notice you've started defending Diamonds Are Forever more and more. Uh, we, me, me and you yeah. have kind of switched places. I know. You're, you're What's s- going on? Wait till we get to the rankings. <laughs> it's got to be the second favourite in, in film in the series for yeah. me. Now. <laughs> it's a bit like Willard White and uh, Blofeld, isn't it? Switching. Oh, switching. Bagsy Blofeld. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Bart <laughs> the next scene, of course, is uh, a lovely Ken Adams set, the the White House bridal suite. Another oh, yeah. another scene of Bond and Tiffany chatting in bed. Bit like the you know Bond and Volpe sort of thing. Not quite as sexy as that, but but sexy is certainly than the previous chatting in bed scene. <laughs> it's a weird thing. It's got like a fish tank at the end, isn't it? Cannot be comfortable. No. It, yeah, it's yeah. Solid, I thought that. It's, sol- it's solid. It's not like a seventies like waterbed, you know, where it sloshes around. Yeah. It's a solid plus perspex thing. Can, can uh, you imagine? Heated? Can you imagine the, the sounds <laughs> that it makes as you move around <laughs> on it? As you're as you're you slightly cla- <laughs> this is going to be disgusting, but I can already tell your sl- your slightly clammy flesh. Yeah, <laughs> they're not wearing any clothes. It kind of goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suctioned onto the glass. Yeah, dear me. Because when she's in it on her own later, when Phoenix comes in, you think, goodness me, looks he does look uncomfortable. If it wasn't for that fur yeah. throw thing, I've got to say though, I'm, 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 I'm Diamond's defender again. The scene when she comes <laughs> in, the shot of her. With, I don't know what yeah, it is over. So it. iconic. That it's, is, uh, it's George Lazenby's coat. George Lazenby's coat, that's it. I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely sensational shot, that. I mean, I've said that I don't think this film is particularly classy, but that is such a classy shot when I look at that. I, I love that shot so much. Have you watched the deleted scene <laughs> from this bit as well? Where, I think that's yeah. probably what I've got in my head when I hear the <laughs> no, yeah, noise. the mission re- because the mission position. It would have been the only time <laughs> that we saw James Bond's bottom if they if they kept the deleted scene in. So if cool. you have a hankering to what to to see Sean Connery's um, rear, <laughs> then watch the deleted scenes on the diamond. On your rear end. I can't. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe they kind of. I can't believe they kind of went there because you know it's never happened. Yeah, really? Since yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery's bum yeah, yeah. is fully visible, and it was going to be in the film, no but clearly they decided to no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> no. You need to get Pete, that box set, Tom. 
Yeah. I do, I do. Just for that, really. Just to go back to what we said earlier, the the scene where they're in bed. I actually think this scene is quite sexy in a way. And it's it's weird because they're actually... I suppose the sexiness of it comes from they do know who each other are. I mean, there's still a bit of subterfuge going yeah, on yeah. from both of them. But they have sort of told each other who they really are. She knows he's Bond, not, you know, Franks or whoever. So... Yeah, it is it is almost like the consummation scene you get at the end of a Bond movie yes, is actually yeah. here. So it actually frees up the remaining portion of the film to do something different. Would I be right in saying that in this scene where they do that, she spends half the time basically trying to get talk about Felix oh, not yeah. sending She's it to trying Jay. to save her own skin. Oh, yeah, 20 yeah. 20 years of yeah. life. So, so again, I'm, I'm, yeah. But I know what you're saying. I totally get what you're yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah, Purvis and Wade pun, of course, at the end. Relaxed, I think I'm, I'm on top of the situation. <laughs> Lovely Diamonds Are Forever score going on as well. Lovely cue mm. again from Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do love the end of this scene. Again, you know, talking about subterfuge, you know, I'm just, what does he say? I'm just going up, popping upstairs or something like that. And just steps out the window in his tuxedo. I, I, yeah. That's just yeah. such a great, Classic, great segue yeah. to a next scene. It's pure cheek, like taking one of the flowers from from the hotel room to put in your buttonhole yeah. as well, isn't it? It's the um, it's 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 the one down from picking some flowers out of a garden <laughs> to put by someone's loved one's grave. Isn't it, really? it's, it's that... <laughs> I don't think it's that bad, John. I, I mean, that's I, said, clear... I said it's one Just down. One down. I did say it's one down. I'm I'd not, say it's not... a few down. <laughs> you know, you know. That's... That the the first one was reprehensible, and that's just kind of like getting yeah. your money's worth. I, pre- <laughs> I, I, I I presume the CIA are paying the bill for that yeah. humongous Ken Adam design tweet. Anyway, you should you get to take away anything, don't you? So so David obviously next <laughs> yeah. flowers from hotel rooms. I I I've. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna dob myself in here and make a list of all the things I've taken from hotel rooms, but so, so, those, so, all those monogrammed robes. Yeah. For those who've seen Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, Roger Moore is a towel thief. We we, we have, if I, in all honesty, we do have yeah. a few towels in our collection, yeah. which uh, which 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 have certain hotel right. logos. Well, whilst David's admitting to it, Roger Moore. That, that was a joke. That was on our part. not real. We're legally obliged to say he's not. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Bond is in a black tuxedo. Of course, he was wearing a white one earlier. And he... Yeah, it's got like sort of black piping as well on the trousers, hasn't it? Which is quite... I've always found quite crisp. Mm. It's like a shiny piping. And I remember seeing... I think it's probably seeing that. I always wanted one of those when... On the very few occasions growing up that I was allowed to wear a tuxedo. But... Uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. Couldn't find any. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, there were occasions when you were when well, you were a kid that you wore a yeah. tuxedo. Po- posh, posh dances. The, the family dance. Yeah, at Rivington. <laughs> Rivington Hall. Is it? I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've been there. John's been there. Have you been there, Chris? Yeah. Oh really? We're in close yeah. to each other. Doug, I got married. Yes. To link it all together. Yes. <laughs> See you, me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bond says he's just popping upstairs for a moment, which is another little nice little gag. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's quite a famous shot, I think. It's like it zooms out, isn't it? Of Bond, he's on top of the lift. Yeah, doesn't he? He walks across the balcony. Yeah, and doesn't he just step onto the top of the lift in one perfectly timed? Oh yeah, yeah, 
yeah. chart in, and it zooms um, back. Yeah. And he's like, just it, check. He's just stood it, there. Yeah. Know, no yourself out. It only occurred to me as I was re-watching it this time, but it um, reminded me of the opening sequence of Spectre. Yeah. When he yeah. does oh, yeah. the same thing and climbs out the window. Mm. Yeah. It's not, just not as cool. No. Oh, well, no. Idea. <laughs> the budget probably a hundred times more than this did and fewer stunts. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it, doesn't it go to show that, that how effective... Like when when you frame it as a moment, like just the idea of a character stepping out and walking along is such a cool and exciting thing. You know, it's not really much. You know, you're expecting like buildings to explode, but it just you know with the music, just the way it's all like say the, 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 that lovely zoom out. It's just oh, so iconic. Yeah, love it. I'm someone who can suffer from vertigo, and this um, this is a scene that very yeah. much makes me feel quite aware mm. of the heights far more than the spectre <laughs> that's a video game spectre yeah. bashing yeah. but 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 it, it yeah but it very much oh to me i watched that and i'm just like inside going i i do not want to be up there you know that is a james bond thing to do for me definitely yeah it's horrible I'm very american very vegas the lift has a narrator or presenter <laughs> Just telling him about the stuff. Yes. <laughs> so I quite like that. That's going on in the background. A tall guy. Yeah. Even more than standing on the lift, it's when he gets out his, you know, gadget, which is one of the only gadgets in the film, actually, isn't it? Well, we had the one in the opening scene. He told the pre-title yeah. sequence, didn't we, with his his mousetrap type thing? But yeah, mousetrap. The piton gun is oh, it's so nice. The action and again the sound design and. Mm. <laughs> With your vertigo, uh, John, mm. how do you feel about the part oh. where he swings out over Las Vegas <laughs> on that really thin wire? <laughs> uh, that is one of the, that's in my top three most feel sick moments in films. That's mm. up there with Tom Cruise on the Burj oh, Khalifa on the Mission Impossible Four. Yeah, those kind of things to me just make me feel horrendous. Um, but it's very effective. In this film, it is very effective at what it does. Who's going to mention the score oh. in this scene first? Well, you can do. Because the music in this this whole sequence is just so ruddy good. Mm. From the moment he swings out on the uh, on the on the piton thing, it's just it's just incredible. Um, through to you know when he actually meets Blofeld. I think the cue the cue on the album is something Death like at the White House. Uh, Death at the White House. I think it's. Mm. It's like that espionage cue that so good. Not the other composers haven't really ever done as well as Barry. I don't think. No. You know, you either have the the lush romantic music or the action the... music, but this is like the in between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the closest I can think of is David Arnold's music from Tomorrow Never Dies when he breaks into Carver's uh, mm, lab. Yeah. But that's more obviously because it's more yeah. electronic rather. It's it's got a it's got a very different vibe to it that really suits that scene. I love that, I love yeah. that score as a whole and particularly that sequence. But the uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a different vibe, but it's the same sort of I storytelling do have to function. Arnold credit actually. It's on on the world is not enough when he's looking at the computer at the Hello magazine or whatever it is on the lecture. Mm. That's that sort of espionage cue. Mm. We're scaling the White House, and Bond does this amazing stunts. He removes an air grill then at the top, doesn't he? Actually, I don't know whether Goldeneye almost apes this, doesn't he? I've never realised that before, but he falls into mm. the toilet seat, yeah. Toilets. It's more of this sort of 
everything is not what quite what we think. The audience doesn't really know what's going on at the moment. Mm. And of course, then we see that this is this is presumably the location we've just seen exterior shots of Willard White, or who we thought was Willard White, and it's it's like that casino room, a bit like Sanchez in uh, License to Kill, where he's sort of watching everything from above. Certainly, yeah. This is one of those. Uh real life Howard Hughes things apparently he can I don't know much about this but apparently he conducted a lot of his really most intense business uh, so to speak on the <laughs> toilet right so Brilliant. That, that was a direct so who knows how he how, how Hughes <laughs> felt about this you know he, he's helping this production out no end giving them all these clearances in Las Vegas and from what I've read, he only asked for a copy of the film as recompense. You know, he's a long-term friend of Cubby, <laughs> as we talked about before. And then the first thing they kind of show is that he's, <laughs> his office is his, is his loo, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is yeah. apparently true, you know. He, he went there to concentrate, apparently. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats you about. Could do a joke about floater. Yeah, Let's yeah, not yeah. talk about Float. things floating. <laughs> yes. Um, dear me. We go. We go down some uh, usual paths not in the show. Willard White's voice, of course, then speaks over the PA to call Bond inside, which is a very Bond, Mister Bond, we've been expecting you type scene, isn't it? Bond, of course, then enters. What I think you said, David before is. I mean, this must be in one of the top ten, maybe Ken Adams sets. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's amazing. Oh, it's just spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great set. Yeah, a very minimal. A lot of space, well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, I yeah, suppose yeah. the the equivalent of Blofeld's lair, as good as we're going to get, because this is where he's hiding out effectively. And of course, the chair spins around to reveal Blofeld. Yeah. <laughs> good evening, <laughs> Mister Bond. <laughs> That's another good line evening, from the trailer. Yeah. So the trailer in the nineties when they, they came out on VHS. Yeah, they had the Mo- yeah. they have the Moby mm-hmm. version of the Bond theme in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've, we've yeah, with well, John yeah. Hanna doing Very the good. commentary. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was John Hanna. Yeah. No way. I can't do his accent, so I'm not going to do it. But it was like in that soft spot. You know, yeah, it takes yeah. only one Bond yeah, was to it, do was this or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. someone you can picture being Bond. Yeah, like equivalent of Colin Salmon's character, that type of character, but a slightly more jokey version. Am I right? So we haven't seen Blofeld since the pre-title sequence. So it's like the longest no, run. It's Gosh. 70 minutes into the movie. And I, th- I was thinking about this, and this is not actually that unheard of Silver. in a Bond film. Because we, we yeah, exactly, we've got Silver... Well, I'm trying to think of other examples now. It's no. not, it's it's not the usual. Doctor but it no. has... Yeah, Doctor No, you don't... There's, there's a really great uh, piece that uh, Dr. Christopher Frayling wrote some years ago now. He appears in one of the Bond documentaries... He's the, uh, a cultural historian, loves spaghetti westerns, and he's like written so many books on Sergio Leone and that kind of thing. But he's written some stuff on Bond as well. And he says that the best Bond films are those where Bond ends up entering the villain's lair because it's kind of archetypal. It's that whole mm. George and the Dragon goes off you know, on the quest, finds the beast in the lair, slays the beast, which yeah. Doctor No is the quintessential example of, fittingly for the first one. But there's definitely elements of it. I mean, obviously, Blofeld has several lairs in this film, but this definitely feels like that entering the villain's lair moment. You've done a, another article, haven't you, David, on... Charles Gray, I know we've talked about him an awful lot. This is probably yeah. the first of two key scenes in the film, particularly the dialogue as well. 
Yeah, he, he basically appears three times in the movie. He does crop up a few kind of, like, we'll get to the sequence Indra. where he's on the phone uh, to Bond posing as someone else. Then you've got the drag bit, but he's essentially a three-scene character. So you've got the pre-titles, then you've got this confrontation, and then you've got the final confrontation on the oil rig. Mm. So he doesn't actually permeate the film he's there in the background for the whole of this uh, and he appears quite a lot in the second half but yeah so i i particularly like the dialogue in this but i took my i called it 15 shades of gray because <laughs> it sounded funny uh to me anyway and <laughs> nothing to do with erotic fiction uh sorry if it's false advertising but yeah and uh the pun on gray's <laughs> name i couldn't resist and the whole shadiness you know, in, te- in, in the world of drag, that slang for it, yeah, exactly. We didn't we didn't think about that. But in in drag terms, throwing shade for the uninitiated, throwing shade is when you openly criticise someone else. And Blofeld basically almost every line of Blofeld's is a shady criticism of a person, a place, an institution, a whatever. He doesn't really say anything else other than yeah. to slag people off. Um, and wow. yeah, that that's it. He he just makes these waspish waspish comments about everyone. He's always pulling them down. I, that is such a fascinating observation, David. Because I always think of him as the charming Blofeld because he says everything in such a softly spoken in terms of well, he's he's probably most the most amiable of the of the Blofelds, isn't he? In terms of well, there's no hatred between, seeming any hatred between him and Mr. Bond during these scenes, or even on the oil rig. I mean, he has a right good chinwag with him, and then he's like, you've become tiresome. Not the fact that you've like, you've come on my oil rig and you've <laughs> popped my tape out. That's what's done it for me, you know. And, it, it, and he's very much quite personable, and yet you've said how, like, catty he is with his remarks. It's quite... He's really like, catty. Yeah, yeah, really fascinating observation, that. I mean, he's he's so intimate with Bond in this scene. He's weird, you know. And I'm I'm not going to read anything <laughs> homoerotic into it, but he does he does. It's like <laughs> it, it's like they've got this whole relationship that we've never seen in the movies. Like he says, "Nice to see you haven't lost that fine mental edge, 007." It's like how much. You know how much face-to-face <laughs> contact have they actually had? What a couple of hours! You know that's maybe a bit more in honor majesties. And even after Bond has shot his double <laughs> in the head with his piton gun and scared the cats half to death, he says, "I do so enjoy our little visits, Mister Bond. However, potentially yeah. painful they may be, but I'm afraid this one has come to an end." So it's almost like you're right. He's personable, but it's also dripping with scorn. I did yeah. so enjoy our little visits, Mr. Bond, because it's like you've caused me all this massive headache to, and I've got to clean up all this mess. And it's like he's never being sincere with anything he says. And the, the one that I think is probably most intimate, if I were to break the news to anyone, it would be to you first, Mr. Bond. Almost like he's got this privileged access to Blofeld. You know that. And then he follows it up. With, it's late. I'm tired. And there's so much left to do. It's like, yeah. we'll talk about this in the morning, darling. It's almost that kind of, love, yeah. It just reminded me from before as well. This is sad as well. The whole way he's not in it at the start and then he's in it 
later on and then not in it and then in it again. It, rem- it reminds me of when I you know, used to do amateur dramatics and it was so annoying if you were in at the bit at the beginning and then you had nothing to do, waiting around, uh, usually beneath the stage, messing about, couldn't quite relax and then you had to come on right at the end. And it also usually meant that you had, had to go to every rehearsal. If they did it in two acts you, and you were only in the second act, it was like, oh, brilliant, right? And they've got, and they've got to go down twice a week. Um, anyway, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but we, he, so uh, you see yeah. Blofeld as like a, a well, like a bit player in the story, but who comes on yes, and everyone kind of remembers that. Yeah. It almost like you know, like so, yeah, so yeah. like Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love, I mean, she's like in it for eight or twelve minutes or yeah, something, like that, yeah, but yeah. everyone remembers. Yeah. And she wins an award and all that sort of thing. Or well, Anthony Hopkins well, yeah, in Tired yeah. to the Lambs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. It's yeah, only, yeah. only 14 minutes he's in it. Is it? 14 minutes? He's only wow. in 14 Brian minutes. Brian Cox seems to be in it even yeah. less. Wow. I saw that recently. I can't believe it. Anyway, <laughs> we haven't mentioned the fact that, yeah, when Bond enters the room, there's, there's of course, the second Blofeld coming down the staircase. I know we've mentioned the two different suits, the brown yeah. or the grey, but that's quite a big thing. I suppose... There was the plant before because we knew there was going to be multiple blowfelts because of the pre-title sequence, but it's still quite a, a good gimmick, I think. It's quite a, a, an arresting thing for the audience mm-hmm. to see. And a nice little double yeah. as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, like, how do they, how do they know wh- who's going to say which line? <laughs> Finishing each of yeah, the yeah, sentences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like to try and imagine the thought process, because the same thing happens with us, but that goes through Blof- um, Bond's head when he's deciding yeah. which one to kill, and he's got essentially a 50-50 chance and he does go for the kind of more waspish more effeminate version of Blofeld but he does you know and he perhaps wisely (laughs) thinks maybe I've spent too long thinking about this more like most things but he wisely thinks if I was Blofeld I wouldn't be the one sitting in the big chair I'd be the one sitting in the sofa so I'd distract from the real one, yeah, he does choose. You chose chooses poorly, wisely, and uh, <laughs> kills. Although the thing is, I really have spent too much time thinking about this. If he killed the real Blofeld, would the fake Blofeld have just carried out real Blofeld's plan and inherited yeah. everything? Does well, it matter and which the one? The fact that we don't see him, he just disappears on the screen at the end. We don't really know what happened to him. Maybe, who knows? Who knows who which one was killed? <laughs> it's the existentialist philosophy question of our age. Oh dear! I th- <laughs> Does it matter if Blofeld is the real? Right, one or it's not? another ten thousand word essay, <laughs> oh. David. Oh dear! <laughs> well, don't I'm tell j- me. That is interesting, though. That that's. Mm. <laughs> he's also in the room. He's got it's a lovely villain scheme, like a map, like in Goldfinger, hasn't he? Fort Knox, mm-hmm. which yeah. is quite crisp. And again, the, we know the, the links to, to trying to get it a bit more like um, Goldfinger with Guy Hamilton and all that. And bikinis, we'll come on to that later. We mentioned this in the Man with the Golden Gun. In. So you, you'll... I yeah, was going to say, that was a you, random, you'll, you'll, random you'll insert that. there, Tom. Just like, maps, 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 bikinis. Mm. Is this the first time that Bond has met Blofeld and there's, they're not surrounded by like mm. other henchmen and stuff? Yeah, well, it must yes. be, yeah. I, I always find that the, like Blofeld, all right, nobody knows he's there and Bond's got up there and all the rest of it. But I always think, especially Charles Gray, is not particularly a, like a physically domineering presence, like say he was in Thomas real life. Wallace was, of course. I always think famous, but yes, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I always just think to myself, 
I'm quite surprised yeah. there's not a, a bodyguard there, like a Max or a Grunfer character. The kind it might of there. be He's very to make exposed. it more effective. Obviously, if you saw a guard, they, they could have come in afterwards, I suppose, but it just... If there's a guard there when he's deciding who to kill, then it would make that scene quite difficult, maybe, wouldn't it? You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Because he does say who's going to miss someone who's already missing. So he's in splendid isolation and he doesn't think... He's, well, he doesn't think anyone's going to get him. That's another, of course, nod to Harry Hughes that who knows whether he's alive, dead. He, does he actually live where he says he lives? He mm. could be anywhere. And he, But he does reveal the sort of plot, doesn't he, through the scene and that he's holding the real Willard White hostage. But completely neglects any mention of oh, yeah. Diamond Powered Lane. <laughs> That's added on later. Really the worst. Part five of our Diamonds Are Forever review. Bond kills the wrong Blofeld, rescues Willard White, and then goes off to an oil rig in Baja. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.